All right, FGCU community, good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Tabo Talk with me today for a very real discussion. Here at Tabo Talk, we keep things real and we say it as it is. My name is Nick Rodriguez, your host that says the most. Tabo Talk is a brave space to share thoughts, feelings, and ideas around everyday topics that we all need to know about. Tabu Talk is brought to you by the Office of Prevention and Wellness, located in Howard Hall 119. Feel free to stop by for student resources or to ask any questions you may have. Here on Tabu Talk, we discuss the topics that we want to know about, but we may not want to bring up in public. We provide valuable information which can assist you in your day-to-day life. Getting on with today's episode. Our topic today is porn versus the norm. I am joined today by Jenna Glenn, Administrative Specialist and Mental Health Counseling grad student. Hi, everyone. Very excited to be here with Nick this morning. Excited to get started and have this conversation. I think it's an important topic that we don't touch upon very often, but it's something that's very prevalent in our society and definitely on campus as a college student. So I'm ready to get started. And thank you so much for joining me today. I know this is a very important topic, and I've been looking forward to speaking about this because I think that this is one of those topics that are very taboo, and people need to hear about it, but they don't really want to bring it up. So with porn, we know that it's not real. I know that many people can say that, oh, well, of course, it's not real. Most of us know that, but it's the fact that if you can't differentiate from that, then that's when things can kind of, you know, take away from what things are supposed to be like. So it's a very unrealistic thing and it creates unrealistic expectations. So with that, I think the most important topic when it comes to unrealistic expectations, especially here on a college campus, is the idea of consent. Right. Yeah. Consent. That that would be the number one thing I want anyone to take away from this talk to be. If there's one thing you could take away is that consent. It's not as it's depicted in porn. As Nicholas said, you know, it, these these people in porn are actors, whether, you know, it's something that's commonly talked about or not. We, we understand this, but we sometimes forget that what we're watching is fiction. It is acting and these individuals you know they they prior to this film they consented to have sex with each other they consented to all of this to be filmed to you know to do certain types of things during that filming process so uh, it's a little different so consent isn't included in that film as much because they've already talked about it but it's something very important to think about when we're talking about having sex on a real basis and in person that's not on porn yes and then to also add to that these actors in porn again they're getting paid to do this so there's contracts involved and there's you know all these aspects of being an actor so again all the consent is done off camera Mm -hmm. now again just diving deeper into this whole idea of consent and how it's not really portrayed in porn So I remember growing up, one of the funniest things that, you know, we would joke around about would be a dick in a box. And so with that, I remember that time. (laughs) And so with that, it's 
the whole idea of consent at that moment is kind of thrown out the door. So it's like I'm delivering a pizza and then you open it mm-hmm. and it's my penis. Yeah. And it's the fact that, you know, when that happens, that kind of just, you know, rolls into the two actors having sex and all that. And like mm-hmm. that's I'm not saying that that does not happen, but I'm saying that when things like that occur, it's again talked about before. And since the consent or the communication is not shown, again, it can create an unrealistic expectation of we can carry out these fantasies or fetishes without speaking about them. Mm-hmm. And again, I do I just want to mention that if you have these specific fantasies or fetishes, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's important to communicate. That's the whole idea there is to at least have those conversations to where you talk with your partner or partners where it's like, this is what I want to do. I think this would be something that we should try. And then you can go from there. Right. Right. You want to make sure that something like that is okay with the individual before, you know, you, you try to integrate some of those fantasies into your sex life without asking the other person, especially because, some of it some of what porn portrays which i think nick started to go into this a little bit some of these fantasies can be seen as acts of physical aggression if it's not talked about beforehand so there's a statistic we found that says 88 percent of scenes in pornography contain acts of physical aggression and 49 percent contain verbal aggression so if you think about that statistic and integrate it into what people really want in their sex lives i'm not sure if that statistic matches up and going into something like that you want that person to feel safe you want them to feel comfortable and know that this is just a fantasy you're acting out and it's not something that they have to be scared that they're going to be potentially harmed in the process that is probably the most important thing here is that again if you want to carry these fantasies out or these fetishes that is fine there's nothing wrong with that but it's about bringing it up and communicating because again in porn it can be seen that they just do whatever they want to do or they switch whenever they want to switch and in real life if we do things without bringing them up that can put us in situations where we do not want to be in Mm -hmm. and especially on a college campus we need to understand that sexual assault and rape those are issues that do occur whether we want to acknowledge them or not so again just having those conversations and communicating about what is about to go down and what is allowed and what is not allowed that again can create a safe environment for everyone involved yeah communication is key in all types of relationships especially when sex is involved so as long as you can communicate with each other and there's a mutual understanding, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with acting on these fantasies. There's nothing wrong with embracing your sex life and embracing pornography in a healthy way and what you're seeing in porno- pornography. Like Nick said, there's nothing wrong with these things. We're not condoning them in any way. We're just, we want everyone to be safe and comfortable when they're practicing these things. Yes, that's the whole point. We're not telling you not to do it but just telling you things that you should think about. And again, just communicate because again, as Jenna said, communication is key. So now that we hit that point, 
another major unrealistic expectation of porn is how these porn stars look. So it's the whole idea of body image. Mm -hmm. What I do want to focus on first is I know many people focus on men first, but I do want to take the time to just focus on women and how they're portrayed. They're portrayed as and and again, if you want to add anything, please feel free to Mm because, again, I'm speaking from a male perspective. Oh, I will. (laughs) And it's you know, they are portrayed as as big asses, big breasts and Mm -hmm. all the stuff. And a majority of them are fake. So that is something to take into consideration is that when we watch this, we can be desensitized to what things are real. And so, again, if we get so accustomed to this image of what a quote unquote woman is supposed to be, then when things happen in in real life, that's when we are not going to be as aroused or as satisfied compared to what we watch. Yeah, that's definitely a common, you know, thing that goes on with porn is body image and for men and women. I mean, it's not just women, it's it's men as well, um, which we'll talk about. But yeah, with the women, a lot, I don't have a statistic here, but uh, there's a lot of, you know, body reconstruction surgeries, um, even in the genital area, they have surgeries sometimes uh, to make sure that that looks, you know, perfect enough uh, as they feel to be filmed and to be in a movie online. So it's not just the breasts. It's not just the you know the butt. It's it's everything. Everything is constructed to be, you know, what we want would want it to be, quote unquote. What you know the the perfect like body type slash size would be for that type of industry. So it's it's something to think about when you're watching these things about what you're conditioning your mind to believe is normalized. Focusing on the whole male aspect is they're portrayed as having you know like 10 inch penises mm-hmm. and and all that and lasting four to five minutes or again just lasting long periods of time and i'm not saying that 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 there that there's not individuals with bigger penises out there and mm-hmm. it's not impossible to last long peri- periods of uh, of time but it's the fact that porn is filmed in in clips and so it's it can seem longer than what it actually is but that but then again again with, with the idea that there's different types of penises out, out there you know like size girls and all that but then with that same mindset there's also different types of vaginas mm-hmm. and it's the fact that the ones that are portrayed in porn are they represent a small amount of the current population. I know a statistic for men is that men really get a rise out of themselves and others when they say, oh, like I use Magnum condoms. Mm-hmm. And the thing with that is you can still use one even if you don't need to. Only 10% of men need to use a magnum condom, which means that re- that regulars do not work. So again, that is a s- s- statistic to think about, is that these men that are portrayed in porn only represent 10% of the actual 
population and that leaves a whole 90 percent which is way more diverse Mm -hmm. so that is just something to think about there the more that we watch porn and again we cannot separate what is real and what is not again we can become desensitized and so used to what the fake realistic expectation is and with that that can affect how we are in real life situations so that is probably one of the most important things when it comes to separating what's real and what's not real again going into this on this topic of unrealistic expectations the whole point of porn is a portrayal of sex because sex sells and we all know this and so when sex is portrayed in porn it's portrayed as long lasting and a a majority of porn can be seen as objectification aggression misogynistic and especially when it comes to quote-unquote straight porn it's all about what the man wants and it's doing whatever they want to the woman and again that's not real that's where the community that's where the communication comes in but with sex on average men can orgasm in about three to five minutes and women it takes an average about 13.5 minutes to achieve orgasm and this is totally different from what porn shows yeah with with porn you know sometimes the video may be long but you have to understand like we we talked about before it's broken up into different scenes it's kind of cut each few minutes and you have to remember that these actors are are they're still acting but they're being you know stimulated before these uh, scenes start and before those cuts in the different scenes start I'm sorry that's what I meant so yeah even though the video may be longer it may be different time frames that's what I'm trying to say I think that statistics really important to remember that women average about 13.5 minutes so that's about I mean that's about like four times the amount of time it would take a male if they take three minutes so if you think about that you have to think about what's depicted in these videos where you know it's usually the man finishing first or I mean the women finishing early if she's even finishing in the video which is not common I believe there's a statistic on that as well so yeah you just have to remember that these these are the actual time frames whereas it's not depicted like that within these videos and within pornography also these videos normally depict that uh that women orgasm when they do orgasm from just you know penetration but actually uh 25% of orgasms are from vaginal stimulation while two times the amount need clitoral stimulation and 5% never experience uh, orgasm within sexual experiences. So it's just important to remember that it's actually clitoral stimulation for women that uh, produces orgasms the most and that's not normally depicted within porn. So when we're talking about pleasure, it's not very realistic for the women. Again, there it is the focus of the man can do whatever he wants, and then, you know, while he's doing that, the, the woman can achieve orgasm, which, again, I'm not saying that those that those specific situations do not happen, but at the same time, it doesn't portray what real life is. 
because because in real life thing again communication first but it takes longer for the, the women to achieve or orgasm if they can because again we don't talk about how f- how at least 5% of the women never experience it but it's abnormal for men to last those long periods of time and again i'm not saying that that does not occur but on average men last three three to five Mm -hmm. minutes which is shorter than what the average woman needs so again this is why the clitoral stimulation is important because if you just went all out uh, odds are the man is gonna orgasm and the woman is not Mm mm-hmm I think those three topics of consent, body image, and the whole portrayal of sex and orgasms are very important, especially when it comes to the unrealistic expectations of porn. And so now we know that porn has been growing and it's only getting bitter, bigger. I know with the new virtual reality stuff, porn's taking this whole new shape, which studies have shown that I believe by 2030 or so 2030 2040 like virtual reality porn is is going to be like one of the biggest industries with like billions and billions of dollars and so my my thoughts on on that though Mm -hmm. is at this point with virtual reality is it's removing the physical factor of being with people and again just kind of go off on a tangent here people need physical and social inner action to have good mental and physical health and we need to realize that the more we separate ourselves from needing not needing but interacting with others that can again cause more harm than good because i know in the last podcast we discussed healthy relationships and we discussed how as humans we are social beings and we need that social and that social aspect to focus and to function and again as we go more into this virtual reality stuff is it may seem interesting and and it may seem fine, but we're trying to separate the need to have people. And I personally think that that's, that's going to do more harm than good. I mean, if you think about, I mean, I'm always the one that's going to come in with the philosophical viewpoint <laughs> over here. But if you think about evolutionarily, evolutionarily, is that a word? I think it is. What sex, what the purpose of sex was for throughout evolution, it's for procreation first of all but it's also to connect and to create those bonds with other human beings so that we could create community so that we could survive um, and depend on one another so uh, you're kind of losing that component of the sexual experience when you incorporate virtual reality it's almost like virtual reality is trying to imitate that connection and that experience of having another individual there because it is quote-unquote virtual reality but it's not real reality so those hormones are still 
that are released, you know, it's it's not the same type of connection that you experience with someone in person. So I'm definitely with you on that, Nick. With that, we can get into the effects of porn. And I know many of you do not want to be told to not watch porn and to, you know, not do certain things that you want to do. And that is fine. We understand that no matter what we say, you are going to still do what you want to do. But we do just want to communicate with you what data has shown just so you can make smarter decisions in in your life that carry on into the future. Porn can cause a decrease in sexual satisfaction. And studies have shown that this decrease in sexual satisfaction can start to take place if porn is watched at least once a month by men or at least a couple times a year for women. So, with the elephant in the room, we know that a majority of people who watch porn are male. We we know this, data supports this, and with the decrease in sexual satisfaction, because it is watched more by men, again, there's a whole uh, desensitization to it, the data shows that men need more to become sexually dissatisfied because again it's something that can be can we that making it so used to and it is honestly probably expected that men watch porn that's why when it comes to women that dissatisfaction starts if if they watch porn a couple times a year compared to men it starts after they watch it once a month which is a very in interesting fact and it increases, well, the, the dissatisfaction with sex increases if uh, based upon, you know, your religion, if you're in a committed relationship or if you're in a committed relationship. So those individuals who are in a committed relationship or might be like a little bit more religious may, may feel more sexual dissatisfaction as a result of watching porn just once a month. That is a very important point is that if you're in a relationship and you have to remember that if you're watching things that do not represent your significant other, one, that portrayal is going to just make things harder for for both of you. And two, even if there is sim, uh, similarities there, it's the fact that you are going outside of the relationship to have that release, which I, I do want to say is should not be an expected thing for relationships you you should not expect sex or anything however at the same time if sex is a part of your relationship and you're still going out of the way there that again is doing more harm than good you you may think that watching porn is just a thing that you do when you're bored or anything like that but it it, it does take a toll on your mental health and your view that you have of your or uh, of your significant other and even people outside of your relationship. So now I know we just brought up relationships, but now I do just want to uh, go into uh, the effects of porn and how it does decrease sexual satisfaction. This takes place in, I believe, two or three points. One is there's a need for longer stimulation. So this can take the form of now men who last long. 
I'm not saying that all men do this, but studies have shown that men that have watched porn over a consistent amount of time, when they do ha- have sex, that they usually need to have sex for a longer period of time to be sexually satisfied. And so this is, again, because of the whole unrealistic expectation because you're you're not getting as aroused as you would because you've been so desensitized to what you see in porn. And this desensitization plays a major role in the need for more sexual stimuli to orgasm. This is important. I think that this point is to focus on you may start to watch porn and it's basic it's basic consensual it's a basic plot but then as you watch more and more of it you may come to realize that you need more and more to achieve orgasm so w- with this i know when i've sp- when i've spoken to different individuals about this podcast before uh, we recorded today they find that if they watch porn on a consistent basis, they tend to get into different and different things to need that orgasm there. So that can also take place when you have sex with individuals or groups is that you may need more or for them to do more or for you to do more to be able to achieve that orgasm. And that's why it's important to think about how the porn is going to going to affect you because even if you say to yourself that what you're doing is enough, your b- body may not think it is enough, so it may require you to do more. Yeah, you're basically conditioning your brain to require a certain level of stimuli to get aroused. That's that's all it is. You're conditioning your brain to be a certain way. That's all this is, which is why we're telling you it's not a bad thing to want to watch porn but there are some repercussions and some consequences and and some wiring that happens in your brain as a result of that you know we are we are beings that we become conditioned by the habits that we engage in and we're just educating everyone on these statistics that we found which are some are really alarming but I think we feel like it's really important to talk about as we said is it something that's kind of understood but we kind of keep it hush hush at the same time so that's why we're here today so yeah this topic is very taboo and we we know that in public students would probably not speak up for the most part when it comes to this but this is why we're doing this because it gives you a mode of communication and uh a way to be educated and i do want to touch back on the need for more sexual stimulation. So this can be known as a tolerance. So we know that if you drink on a consistent basis, you can create a tolerance as to where you can drink more and you can feel fine. So I could do three shots before, but then if I drink consistently over a over a certain amount of time i can do six seven or eight shots and then i just feel completely fine but my blood alcohol content is still going to be high even though i do not feel 
tipsy or drunk or buzzed, if I have to blow into a breathalyzer, it is still going to show that I am intoxicated. And I think that translates very well into the effects of porn because we may just be watching porn on our consistent basis and we think that it's fine. It's just porn. And then, you know, we do whatever we do and then it's done. But then even if we think that the amount of times that we watch porn is fine, when it comes to taking that quote unquote test or when it comes to having sex with real people, we find that we need more to actually feel that connection and feel aroused. So we can have a tolerance when it comes to being sexually satisfied. Right. Which you would think that would benefit. I'm just thinking of this right now. You would think that would benefit the woman because she takes longer to orgasm, as we said earlier. But then when you tie in to what the porn is normalizing, it isn't conducive to a woman orgasming anyway that, you know, she needs more clitoral stimulation. It's not normally through just penetration, but that's what is shown if it is shown even at all within the within the video. So um, you should keep that in mind. There's just something that came to my mind. Oh, yeah, of course. When when it comes to real sex, people need to realize that porn, if they're going to use that as a what to do guide, horrible. Yeah. Because sex is so much more. There's there's foreplay involved there's there should be more focus on the woman and it's not about just what the the dominant wants again it's the communication about what is allowed and now i know people have different definitions of of what sex is supposed to be and again Mm -hmm. if yours is different that is fine however i do just want to point out that Sex is a physical connection between two people, whether you think it's spiritual as well or anything like that. That is fine. That is your opinion. However, because the act of sex is physical, it is a physical thing and it involves two people. And it's not just what one side wants. Now, I know we've discussed uh, porn and the effect it has between uh, two people or multiple people. But when it comes to the ability to create and keep relationships, that is severely affected as well due to porn. Because, again, porn portrays this idea of eroticism, uh, objectification, promiscuity, and misogyny. So, again, if you watch porn over and over again it is going to be harder for you to establish those relationships because you're going to be so used to what porn portrays. And again, that's not like real life. Depending on what type of porn you watch, whether it's um, the focus is on men, women, trans, or anything like that, that is fine. But whatever is being acted on, it's seen as objects and it's important to remember that people are not objects and we cannot do whatever we please with them because at the end of the day they are people just like us and that is one of the major things with porn is that we begin to 
objectify people we see day day to day because porn just rewires our brain into just constantly thinking about sexualizing things. And this is, in my opinion, especially dangerous when you think about teens or preteens you know watching these on on the internet before they're even educated on what sex is and this is kind of their introduction to sex and this is very common in our society today the first exposure for men is usually at 12 years old crazy and uh, by the time they're teenagers 51 percent of men and 32 percent of female have viewed porn before the teen years so this is before we've had that you know sex ed talk that we had at the end of uh, middle school, early high school. I don't know. That's usually the time frame, yeah. at least for yeah. my county, that was where we had those classes. And actual, you know, scholastic education, which is sometimes lacking at certain schools in what sex is and what pleasure is um, and all of that. So, uh, yeah, I, I believe that, you know, the concept of like how this ties into relationships can be especially dangerous when you think about teens watching this and not really having that talk with someone that porn is, is their acting and that, you know, this is a production and it's not real life. So I, I found another statistic. I just think this is really interesting. Teens between the ages of 13 and 24 believe uh, recycling is not recycling is worse than watching porn. <laughs> Which is an interesting, wow. <laughs> you know, like perspective change in in the, you know, generations. You know, 90% of teens and 96% of young adults, which includes college students, are encouraging, accepting, or neutral towards porn use. And only 43% believe it's bad for society. And that's 31% of young adults and 43% of teens. So it's interesting the perspective is changing because it's becoming more normalized. And that's why talks like this are so important because it's becoming more normalized, but we're still not completely educating on the reality of the effects of porn use. So I just wanted to mention all of that because I thought it was an interesting little statistic there. Those statistics is why it's so important for us to be doing this because we understand that everybody grew up in a different household or in different ways and some people may have been exposed to porn and they may have been explained to what it is and and you know what what's good and what's bad but then others may have grown up in households where things like that were looked down upon and were not discussed and if we go into porn and we do not have any idea about what is going to take place and we just watch it and like we have not been told to separate what's real and what is not again this is how it starts to take you know take those effects and this is how it becomes a very unhealthy thing and so we're not here to tell you to not w watch porn however think about the amount of time you spend watching it and what the effects are. So again, just just keep that in mind. I know we have been discussing relationships and how porn affects your ability to create them or even the ability to have sex with others. 
I do want to focus just a short amount of time on just being alone. Mm-hmm. So a study showed that the more lonely someone is, the more porn they watch. Now, it has a... It's a two-way relationship. Yes, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, there's a two-way relationship there because the more porn somebody watches, the more alone they feel. But but porn use was also associated with an increased feeling of loneliness. So it's that's how the two-way relationship is you know, integrated. It's the more porn you watch, the more lonely you are. And then the more lonely you are, the more likely you are to watch porn. Yes. It's important to remember that you don't have to feel lonely to to watch porn because studies show that even if people have people in their life or they're in a relationship, the more porn they watch, the more lonely they feel. So it's important to remember that even if you have people uh, in your life, if there's no quality there, then you can still feel lonely. And again, this can lead to more porn use, which again has a two has a two way effect. So that is just a little statistic that I did want to share when it comes to um, feeling lonely and porn use. But now uh, we do just want to go back to how porn can affect mood so data has shown that porn has effect on individuals mood so it can cause depressed mood this can come from the unrealistic expectations and the constant comparisons of yourself to what you see in porn and if you feel you do not measure up then again this can cause that irritability loss of empathy and compassion for others this Again, comes from the whole idea of misogyny uh, um, uh, and the objectification of individuals because you're beginning to see them as objects for sex rather than other people. And then a decreased interest in relationships. And this comes from you start to rely on porn to have that release and you start to rely on porn to always be there. When again, as people, we have social needs, and in order, in order for us to age healthy, we need that social interactions, and that overall has a positive effect on our mental and our physical health. Right. I mean, it's intended. Uh, the individual intends on like porn to provide temporary relief, but it ultimately induces greater feelings of you know depression and loneliness and isolation um, after the act is completed and it also has been shown to disrupt normal attachment behavior which is what allows us to bond with others and form relationships which is what we have been talking about and so that leads to you know a greater difficulty in, in forming stable and satisfying relationships in the future and then because of that increases the likelihood of someone continuing to use porn in order to fill that void. So it's kind of this never-ending cycle that just goes in a loop if you don't stop it. So um, it's just something to be aware of. And uh, pornography addiction is also something to keep in mind. You know, this is something because it does act on our pleasure centers in our brain as anything else that acts in our pleasure centers. There is a risk of addiction involved. And addiction, they they believe, is rising with porn use be- because it's a maladaptive effort to use porn 
to alleviate loneliness, essentially, and other negative feelings such as depression. So it's intended, like the like I said, the user intends to alleviate these feelings, but then they end up just increasing them in the long run. Going off off of that, we understand that porn has these negative effects. And even if you think that you're the type of person that you can never be addicted or you understand that those effects could never be put on you, I do want to challenge you and say that you won't really know on until it's too late. Even if you think that you're quote-unquote strong enough to not be affected, I will say that you're wrong. I'm sorry, but there's really no way to put that because it's the same thing again with the alcohol tolerance. You may feel fine, but if you have to take that breathalyzer test, you're going to be shown as intoxicated. So again, we're not telling you to stop watching porn, but it's this I think should serve as a check-in so you can gauge your use and gauge your understanding of porn and how it can be affecting your personal relationships and your ability to be sexually satisfied. And it's never bad to ask for help. This is what these conversations are for. We are college students, and it is important for us to speak about these things because we understand that our population has specific questions and specific things that are that occur so if you ever have any questions or you need any resources feel free to stop by prevention and wellness and tower hall 119 and again we can try to assist you the best way we we can but it's never bad to ask for help Right. And there is always CAPS on campus. I am going to plug in CAPS as well. If you are experiencing any, you know, if this talk brought up anything within you that you think you're experiencing trouble with your your relationships or depression or a decrease in mood, whether it be related to porn use or not, or whether you want to look at your porn use a little bit deeper, there are counselors on campus that would be more than happy to talk to you about this and kind of, you know, help you move forward. So I wanted you to know that that resource is available to you. Our office is open. Um, I am open. If you need to talk to someone about this, you can come in and ask for Jenna at Prevention and Wellness. You can also email me at G. L-Y-N-N at fgcu.edu if you have any more questions as well. But to roll off of that, we are uh, gearing toward the end of this episode. So, Jenna, if there's anything else that you would like to add, feel free to. Uh, Just thank you for having me today, and um, hopefully we get to continue this conversation in the future. I know there's a lot more we could talk about when it comes to this topic and sexual health, so I look forward to, you know, coming back and having more conversation yep and thank you for being here today thank you and so now fgcu i do want to thank you for listening in we understand that this has been a topic that has that should have been discussed earlier but again we understand that this is one of those those taboo ones that many people do not do not want to bring up in 
public. So again, thank you for tu- tu- tuning in. Thank you for listening. And again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything, feel free to stop by Pre- Prevention and Dwellness in ha- Tower Hall 119. And we can try to assist you the best way we can. On that note, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and a great rest of your spring semester. Bye, everyone.